1: daily face-off podcast comes courtesy of the nation network here's your host brock segan
2: with dylan d berthium and michael beebs bondy welcome ladies and gentlemen to season eight episode 15 of the dfo fantasy podcast i'm your host brock segan you guys have heard a lot of me on friday and Uh monday but we've
0: got beebs back with us today beebs how's it going bud going good. I uh, I'm doing. I'm trying to just feel like it's last year by only doing one one episode this week. Um, I'm letting the people know know what the, what they miss for a few of the episodes. Just so that, uh, so you know when I when I come back and be like, nice, pieces back, or it might be like, oh damn, this guy's this guy's back again. But no, we're do- we're doing good. It's uh it's been a crazy week for us, Brock. It's very high low week at at DFO. We got a a massive slate yesterday. Today we got a nice two game slate. So thank you NHL. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's been good. Just another another day living the dream, you know. You know how it is.
2: Yeah, another uh, another two games slate today. Just nice. waiting for Colorado to
0: play a game this week. That's it, because they went. They out
2: you know what's crazy is, like, even I think it's this week, like, St. Louis has only got two games this week. Like, it honestly feels like that team is just, like, not even in the NHL anymore. What? They, this, they only have two just, games? I believe are they are going to so. hit
0: double digits by the end of
2: the week? That's nuts. I'm pretty sure they only have two this week. And, yeah, they they played on Monday, then they played tomorrow against the Islanders, and they're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, they've currently only played eight games. So they'll, they'll hit nine tomorrow, and then the, by the end of the week, they'll only have played nine games games on the season um the avalanche are in a similar boat but they've always got the back-to-back in finland against the blue jackets um the kings have already played 12 it's just it's kind of weird scheduling here for the blues early on but i just couldn't believe when i looked i'm like they only have two again like how is this team Uh, even so i I guess i guess it's probably time to start sending trade offers uh, for st louis blues i mean you've got tarasenko you got um you've got thomas and all of them aren't really playing that well and you know that moving forward um they're gonna have a lot of games ahead of so um,
0: yeah, yeah, you maybe- can buy super low on Bennington right now. He struggled big time in his last three starts. Um, And he's definitely better than his save percentage that he's put up. So uh, I think we're going to talk about some goalie replacements in this episode. So while we're already kind of there, uh, Bennington is someone, if you have a bottom of the roster goalie, someone who's kind of excelling and you want to toss a trade towards someone, uh, someone who m- might notice that, Hey, St. Louis's schedule is incredibly light. Uh, he would make a good, third goalie on any team i think but uh i think we also got some guys you can find off the wick wa- off the waiver wire here so you don't have to uh hurt that lineup at all so
2: yeah so we we found out earlier in the week um that jake ottinger is going to miss at least a week they haven't released any further timetable on him uh then also jeremy swayman left last night's game he replaced linus allmark uh, okay. after allmark gave up five i believe uh then then uh swayman got bumped into a run into by Patrice Bergeron, had to be helped off the ice, wasn't putting any weight on his leg. So uh, obviously concerning there, looks like he could miss some time as well. So those are two goalies right now um, that people drafted pretty high and we're relying on to, to, you know, perform very well for them this year. And that's um, going to leave a big hole in the lineup. So there's definitely some waiver wire options out there and we'll give you them here to, to try to help replace um, bridge the gap to when those guys get back. We'll just start with Scott Wedgwood, who's 13% owned because he's the obvious replacement uh, for Jake Ottinger. Wedgwood's got a 905 career save percentage, um, struggled a little bit at the start of the season. To be honest with you, every time I watch Scott Wedgwood, he like looks amazing for like most of the game mm-hmm. and lets in a stinker. Um, I think that Wedgwood's probably pretty underrated, but 905 career save percentage is pretty large sample size, so that's kind of what you can expect. But the, Do- the Dallas Stars are a good enough team where um, he's going to get wins and uh, he's a pretty good replacement for Ottinger. Just if, you know, you got to just make that strict, you know, that straight swap and then just kind of wait for Ottinger to get back. I think that Wedgwood's a fine uh, replacement. And then a little bit of a cherry on top. I, I mentioned about the start of the week. I mentioned him yesterday's streaming article on DFO. Um, you know, he was a great stream yesterday against the Kings in a back-to-back. Looks good, won the game. And then if you picked him up for yesterday's start, you can keep him on the team. Uh, because they're in Arizona tomorrow. so obviously a good matchup against yeah. the Coyotes tomorrow.
0: He's one of those guys, too. It kind of reminds me of a, a relief pitcher in baseball. He came in for uh, on Saturday, allowed four goals against the Rangers. Not really his fault. He kind of got absolutely peppered in that game. I believe he played 30, uh, 30 minutes, so I guess half the game, and he, he took on 17 shots, allowed four goals. Um, and because he hasn't played very much, it just makes his overall numbers look pretty terrible which uh he, like you said he's, he's a little bit better than an 895 goalie he's better than a, that that him and that team are better than a 365 goals against I think what we saw last night is kind of kind of maybe not what you should expect maybe not a 938 but um a 905 910 see percentage and uh at least 60 percent likely wins every start he gets just with the team in front of him I think is pretty solid here on out uh we see him take on Arizona next I mean that's yeah and, and after that one you're,
2: you're probably going to bench him Saturday against
0: the Oilers, but
2: next week he's got the uh, Jets on Tuesday. They're not playing the best. They're they're not the easiest matchup, but then he's got the Sharks on Friday, which you'll definitely be able to play him, and then the Flyers on Sunday, which you'll definitely be able to play him. So he's got those two um, easy matchups on lighter days next week, and if, if Ottinger's injury creeps into next week, you're going to be able to get the win yesterday, <laughs> the Coyotes tomorrow, the Sharks next Friday and the Flyers next Sunday. So four really nice starts for mm-hmm. Wedgwood there to start things off. So if Wedgwood's injury does creep in a little bit longer than a week, um, Wedgwood makes for a pretty good option next week.
0: Yeah. Um, and Auburn sounds like, you know, like they say it's a week. Uh, I think it's a week until they reevaluate. So they yeah, a, exactly. A little bit longer. It could be longer. Um, so yeah, he, he makes a very glaring um, person to pick up. And, uh, and yeah, probably, probably my highest suggested on this list, but.
2: I guess the the one name that would be worth mentioning, keeping an eye on, is Anton Hudobin. Um, if Ottinger's injury does linger, at yeah. the moment they don't he have enough cap down. space to bring him up. But if Ottinger's injury is serious and they end up bringing Hudobin back up, I think he's somebody um, maybe worth keeping an eye on as well. Hudobin you don't hasn't think been. Another Matt game. Murray's going to stay. I don't know if it's a long-term injury. I think it's probably Hudobin that's going to come up. They'll have to do some cap gymnastics to make it happen. Um, you know, keep in mind Hudobin not had the, the best start in the AHL this season two one and one with an eight eighty one save percentage. So, um, you know, certainly not the guy that we saw carry them to a Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final run there in in twenty twenty. But Still, uh, if he comes up, I think he's also somebody worth keeping an eye on. I'm sure his ownership is zero at the moment, which I was it is. Gonna so say, we
0: just saw Joey DeCord get called up with, I think it was a 770 in the AHL with uh or, or it was Gibson, I believe. Gibson was the one. So uh, Seattle called up Gibson to back up Joey DeCord. He had a 770 with Coachella Valley in the AHL. Still got the call up. So uh, I think Kudobin's what hundred point better save percentage. Uh, he should be okay.
2: Yeah, it's actually uh, a 70, 761 goals against average oh. and a 706 save percentage in oh, two appearances.
0: And that's <laughs> uh, the NHL and he, and he got the, the promotion off those numbers. So um, t- 10 goals games. against in 79 minutes of hockey is <laughs> ugly. <laughs> um,
2: wow. A couple of the other goalies, I think the New Jersey Devil Tandem is certainly worth mentioning. I talked about Vanacek at the start of the season as a goalie that I liked as a sleeper, like somebody that you could pick with your last pick. Um didn't get off to the greatest start, but after his first uh, start of the season, he's gone three and zero in his last three starts with a 9.55% to save percentage and one shutout. Um, the Devils currently lead the, T- the NHL in all situations, goals expected goals against, so they've been an absolute lockdown defensive team. They have the best penalty kill in the league right now, or one of the best penalty kills in the league right now, and uh, their offense is clicking. So, getting the Devils tandem right now is something that looks pretty advantageous. The problem with them is it seems like they're going to split time pretty evenly um Mackenzie Blackwood's a little bit less owned I mentioned Vanacek at 47 Blackwood's at 23 um again his first start of the season wasn't very good either but since then in his last five starts he's gone 4-1-0 and oh, with an 890 save percentage four of those games are really really good his wins his loss he gave up a bunch of a bunch of goals so that kind of um the 890 save percentage probably doesn't really tell the entire picture uh it's about like 19, how yeah. how Blackwood has played uh thus far so I think both of those guys are are pretty good options. If I had to pick Vanachek, I would take Vanachek over Blackwood. Um, But they're both going to split time. So Vanachek's already gone. I think Blackwood's probably a decent option as well. And as I mentioned, whenever these guys get the start right now, they've got a really good chance at winning because this Devils team is just firing on all cylinders at the moment.
0: Yeah, um, I I like them. I I think it's kind of crazy because when we entered the season, there really wasn't any waiver wire options at all, which is kind of how it always goes. And we're getting that common thing where there are a lot of players who maybe are a lot more owned than they should be compared to some of these guys. So, um, yeah, these are, uh... yeah. Like
2: I'd rather have, uh, like, I'd rather have these guys like Vanacek at 47% owned than like John Gibson at 48% owned right now. Yep. So um, yeah, there's like some of those bigger names that probably hold a little bit more roster ownership than they should. But uh, yeah, this devil's tandem looks really, really good right now. Um, and then the other one is Stuart scanner, 39% owned. He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, a, yeah. Oh, outstanding mustache for November. 9.55 save percentage, 159 goals against average. And, it, and it's not just this year, right? I mean, we've seen Stuart Skinner play extremely well for the Oilers in the past. Uh, last year, he had a 9.13 save percentage in, in 13 games. He had a 9.20 save percentage in 35 AHL games last year. Like, he's just a really good goalie. Um, they did bring in Jack Campbell, and it's going to probably cost Skinner, you know, some, like, or hold Skinner back, I guess, from being like a guy that that could like start sixty games or anything like that. But right now, he's a really nice um, fill in for fantasy teams because the way Jack Campbell is played, mm-hmm. there's there's certainly an argument to be made that Jack Campbell or that Stuart Skinner, excuse me, should have the the lion's share of the starts moving forward because Campbell's really struggled. He's still winning games. He's five and two because the Oilers' offense is so good, but he's got a three ninety one goals against average and an eight eighty one save percentage. And you got to remember, like Campbell was one of the best goalies in the NHL for the start of last year, but towards the end of the year, he really, really struggled. And I mean, like from December on, he had an 896 save percentage across 31 games. So you add that together with what he's done so far this year, like going back his last 40 starts, he's got a save percentage around 890. So this isn't like something that's new. This is a guy that struggled last year, too. So Skinner really has. An opportunity here to at the very least turn this into a 50 50 platoon. And if he ends up taking more starts than Campbell, then Skinner could be one of the most valuable waiver wire pickups in the entire season.
0: Does it not feel like Billy Husso from a season ago here? Um, I remember there's a point, obviously, Skinner's a little bit more owned, but we were talking about Billy Huso just playing incredibly, like way better than Jordan Bennington mm-hmm. at the time last year. And I think Huso was 7% owned. Uh, kind of mentioned, you know. Uh, that St. Louis and now Edmonton, even more, it applies. They kind of need to win now. Um, th- this is a team where the, pr- the pressure's on. And if Jack Campbell's going to give you an 881 or like he did last night in 826, um, you're not going to score seven goals every night. And uh, Edmonton may, because they have Connor, and he's scoring at like, like Gretzky-like pace. But um, realistically, um, how like the leash was long, but it's only getting shorter game by game that he um, pushes this this glaringly bad save percentage down. So um, Stuart Skinner continues to just show up every night, continues to play the lights out. He's a crowd favorite because he is from Edmonton. Um, all these things apply when it, when it comes uh, to, to getting closer down the line, and, and they got to keep putting those Ws on the board. So I personally have all shares in Stuart Skinner. Um, that just shows how confident I am in this guy. Like you said, if he gets 50% of starts, I love most of those starts. I even realized last week, I I believe I started him over Swayman in one of my leagues, um, that they were going on the same night, and that was kind of a statement right away. Um, I just love the team in front of him, and I think, like, realistically, he can post a 9-10 save percentage, um, if not higher. And if you're getting that from someone who gets this many wins, um, just, just, yeah, it's a lot better like you said, someone like John Gibson, who might give up. Five goals shots, but six goals. Yeah, so um, Skinner, go look at his picture on Yahoo. It's hilarious. Huge, huge, huge duster. Again, as Brock mentioned, November. Um So, yeah, it's uh, he's my boy. We're, we're going with it. Um, so, out of the three here, Brock, who do you think you would own? Uh, or who, who do you think you would own? Goals? I think
2: Skinner's got to be the ad right here. here. Um, Short-term, probably difficult. Campbell. Or not
0: Campbell, um, Wedgwood, but.
2: Yeah. Even still like um, with the, yeah, for like the next two weeks, maybe just with the matchups and, and he might start hundred percent of the games. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, like long-term moving forward, it's certainly Skinner um, because I think that Vanacek and Blackwood are likely going to split time anyway. So you might as well split time um, and play for the Oilers and have a better chance of, of kind of, you know, taking over that role. But I don't get me wrong. The Devils are playing fantastic and I have, uh, you know, I've got check shares, and I, I have no issue picking up either one of those guys. Either, but plenty of options on the wire right now, which is is kind of rare, especially between the pipes. So, it, yeah. you know, obviously there's there's still some uh, you know some ownership on these guys, but they are are still pretty available. As we mentioned, Stuart Skinner right now, thirty nine percent owned Okay, Uh, we did say that Wednesday is going to be waiver wire Wednesday, and we're going to take a more deep dive into the waiver wire as opposed to just kind of scraping the top and. Have you guys listening in leagues where none of these guys are available so we are going to mention some players here that are highly owned and we're going to just kind of mention their names gloss over them if they're available in your leagues go pick them up if they are not stay tuned we are going to talk about players who are much lower owned in a few minutes the first is charlie mcavoy he's 82 percent owned but he's very very close to returning he should be 100 percent owned he's been terrific in the um in the last couple of years, as we saw yesterday, uh, Hampus Lindholm went bananas. You can see Charlie McAvoy doing that. When he gets back, this team is an absolute juggernaut right now. Mm-hmm. They have been outstanding. So McAvoy gets back. He's going to be putting up big numbers. So if you're in one of these leagues where 18% of leagues, he's available. I would be picking him up and stashing him because he's skated in a regular Jersey recently. And it's not going to be long before he is back in a Bruins uniform. So, Charlie McVoy, 18% available in Yahoo leagues at the moment. Make sure you stash him. I didn't even realize he was this low owned. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Until somebody tweeted at us that he was available and should they pick him up. And we were like, hell yes. Yeah. Like, honestly, like if you're in a league where you have four defensemen, like you could almost, even if you don't have an IR spot, like you can almost just drop your fourth defenseman and pick this guy up and just wait for it because most of the time your fourth defenseman isn't doing you a whole lot of good anyway. So. I'd rather just hold on to this guy at this point and, and just wait for him to get back because I think he could have um, another big year. You had some numbers on McAvoy where he ranked uh, last year. Did you not? Do you remember those?
0: I did. I'm actually trying to find the tweet as we speak. Which uh, not we sure if I can. I, I do. We believe get it, lots of those. Yeah. It was uh, it was 11th in points last season. Uh, 26th in shots uh, among defensemen, and then uh, there was another one. Among, oh, I, I believe he was in the top 20 in goals um, as well. So like you mentioned, <laughs> if you can add that now, it's going to do a lot more than a, a fourth defenseman. Um, I've got the
2: numbers here. 11th here in go. points among defensemen last year, 23rd in goals and 28th in shots by D men. So he's clearly yeah. a, a, a low end number one, more, more, most likely a high end number two fantasy option. So if mm-hmm. you can get that on the waiver wire, um, that's obviously a good idea at the moment. Okay. Uh, We've been screaming this guy's name from the rooftops for a couple weeks now, but Nico Heischer is still just 55% owned. He's on an absolute heater right now. He's got 10 points, five goals, five assists, um, 22 shots in nine games. He's been outstanding. The Devils are playing great. Heischer's playing Mad Minutes as well. So we've been screaming his name. Hopefully you guys listened. If you didn't, make sure you do now. He's still available at 45% of leagues. We've been talking about Andre Burakovsky a ton, 46% owned. He's got nine points, three goals, six assists in 11 games, six power play goals, also 30 shots. So averaging near three shots per game, which we love to see. We've talked a shitload about Matty Berniers. Still playing extremely well, five goals, four assists um, while playing close to 18 minutes a night, 41% owned. Brock Nelson, we talked about him at the, at the start of the year as somebody who finished last year very very strong and he's kind of just carried that into this year. He's 40% on, he's got 11 points, 4 goals, 7 assists in 10 games, 29 shots on goal, so averaging close to 3 shots per game and still playing um, over 18 minutes a night. So, a lot to like here uh, with all these guys a lot of center right there. You've got he's your strict center, Veneer strict center, Nelson strict center, but if you need some help down the middle, uh, those are three names that should certainly be looked at because, you know, we've been talking about them forever and it's only, you know, we don't talk about guys like this continuously unless they're still playing well and still deserve to be picked up so we're just going to keep mentioning them until their ownership reaches a spot that we think is suitable um some lesser owned guys but still pretty highly owned is dylan Strom. We talked about him uh as a streaming option i think a couple weeks ago center right wing eligible he's up to 24 percent owned. he's got two goals seven assists in 11 games five power play points which is awesome 18 14 time on ice um has been on the first line with Ovechkin, has been not been on the first line with Ovechkin, kind of keeps bouncing back and forth. Uh, it, it kind of remains to be seen where he'll land permanently. But um, yeah, obviously when he's with Ovi, he's a great play. But the right wing eligibility helps. I actually played him. Uh, I streamed him the other night, picked up two assists on Monday, I believe it was. And then I kept him mm-hmm. on the lineup yesterday, I had another decent night. So um, he had two assists one of those nights. Maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. But yeah, I picked start. him up this week. He's been solid um Andre Kuzmenko guy that I was super super high on coming into the season 18% rostered he's got three goals three assists in 10 games 29 shots so again another player that's averaging close to three shots per game which you love to see Mm -hmm. and um four points two goals two assists in his last three games the one thing I still love about Kuzmenko is that people you know his own percentages actually drop people that like you know picked him up at the start of the season thinking oh my god he's gonna break out kind of got tired of him but I kept telling people to pump the brakes and wait and wait and wait because the numbers here with Elias Pedersen have been outstanding. Um, They've got a 4.29 expected goals, 4 per 60. They're averaging 40 scoring chances, 4 per 60. They have absolutely dominated play when on the ice together, and they've been shuffling those lines up quite a bit, but Kuzmeco and Pedersen has been kind of like the one consistent. So um, if he remains with Pedersen and they're still averaging 40 scoring chances, 4 per 60,
0: he's going to have a big year. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I I think that's kind of why I wanted to put him in there, um, just because I don't think people are realizing just kind of how much this is clicking, and, and the adjustment it takes for a guy to jump leagues from the KHL to the NHL. We've seen uh, we've seen it start to come together in his last three games. He has two goals and two assists. So um, he's if he's going to keep that hot hand going, that own percentage is just going to cruise right up. So um, keep an eye on Kuzmenko now, but I, I think uh, I think if people started getting. Getting a little bit uh, bored with him early on. It's a, it's a good, good little look. There's not many people who can who can do um, like he can do. So yeah. uh, with that own percentage, I guess. Um, yeah, Brandon Hagel has been playing
2: pretty well as well. At 13% on three goals, three assists in his last 10 games. Um, all six points have actually come in his last five games. He's on the first line with Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Not really a better spot to be and uh, playing nearly 17 minutes a night. So we saw him have pretty good numbers, uh, really good numbers, actually, with the Blackhawks before the trade last year. Then was kind of relegated to more of a third-line role. But getting a look here in the top six has been really good. So he's still widely available. I, I know I streamed him last week. He played yeah. very, very well for me. Um, but, yeah, I think he's somebody that could have a little bit of, of you know, lasting effect on, on your roster as long as uh, he's playing with Kucherov and Brayden Point. Okay, so those are the – oh, sorry. Also, my boy, Trevor Moore. Um, yeah, he just of, needs to be mentioned. Left-wing, right-wing eligible, 13% rostered, eight points, one goal, seven assists in last 12 games. The big moment, 39 shots on goal, <laughs> playing over 18 minutes tonight. This man loves to shoot the puck. I love Trevor Moore. Um, he's a great that, streamer. He's like he's the, the he's definition
0: best. of a streamer.
2: Yes. He's probably not going to last on your roster forever, but like no. they've been, they've been just as good as they were last year. Maybe not just as good, but they've also, they've been very, very good. Still 3.03 expected goals for 60, 34 scoring chances. It's the line that's going to dominate puck possession uh, most of the evening. And uh, yeah, he, he looks great. Once again, he's definitely not somebody you need to keep around forever, but he's uh, a terrific streaming option, but okay. We've, as we promised, we're going to talk about players who are much, much lower owned. So Um, if you're in in leagues that, you know, players that we've just mentioned are available, you could probably go ahead and just shut the podcast off because these guys are not really going to be on your radar for the most part. Um, they're under 10% owned. We've each got three of them. So whichever one of us has the best pickups later, we can brag to each other and say, I'm, I'm smarter than you. Um, so we'll start with you. Go ahead first. Who's your first
0: under 10% owned player that you like? Um, so I, I'm i going based on percentages for mine from highest to lowest, not necessarily my favorite. And I'll go over my favorite at the end out of my three. Um, so with saying that at 8%, Kent Johnson out in Columbus, uh, a lot of people may roll their eyes at that one because he's only averaging about 12 minutes and 57 seconds um, on ice at the moment, but he still has six points through his first nine games played. That's three goals and three assists. He's uh, He's producing... Very, I guess, consistently, I'd say, as he hasn't had more than a, he hasn't had a, a multi-point game throughout that um, stretch. And the reason I like Kent Johnson so much is if he sticks around in Columbus, um, which he, he's going to, um, he's now only going to get more and more ice as he gets more comfortable out there. Um, this is a fifth overall pick in 2021. So obviously the upside's there. It's a guy who had over a point per game in his two years um, in the NCAA playing for the University of Michigan you rarely see anyone end their NCAA career over a go point per game. Uh, go blue. Absolutely. Um, also BS number five ranked football team should be way higher. Regardless. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that, but uh, yeah, Ken Johnson, he, uh, he, he was one of the rookies coming in that I think a lot of people were talking about for Calder consideration started a little bit slow. And then that, with that ice time, it, it didn't make him that attractive an option, mm-hmm. but now that he's starting to get more, more time, he's getting put out there in pretty like the definition of protected minutes. Um, Six points through nine games. It, 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 he is one of the higher upside rookies. So if you're in one of those leagues where he is available, um, you can definitely take a chance on him and hope that he gets more ice time. But as I mentioned, he's probably my third favorite of my uh, my suggestions here. But Brock will let you lay one down.
2: Well, oh, yeah. They, they, that's kind of a team that needs
0: a shot in the arm too, right? Like they've been they not very They're, good. What is it? One? No, they haven't scored a power play goal yet. That's what it is. 50, yeah. They, 57 or 63. Something like that. Chances, power play chances, not one power play goal. So, you know, it can help that a lot. Someone who looks like they are mm-hmm. a like young Adam Oates out there, so yeah.
2: Well, He's I think play. you know, even you don't even need the number really of how many power plays it was, you just have to say they did not score a power play goal in the month of
0: October, <laughs> yeah. So they're yet to get one when they do get that power play goal. That cannon is going to blow off so loud. Well, no, it's going to happen while they're in Finland, there's not going to be a cannon,
2: <laughs> it's not happening against Colorado. Come on, That's, those are two <laughs> shutouts, we both know it. Mostly. Um, yes, yeah, <laughs> Most yeah. thank you. Ken Johnson, um, he seems to be gaining more and more traction in this lineup. He's, um, seems to have pretty good chemistry with Jakub Voracek and, and, uh, whoever's playing center on that line. kind of been a bit of a revolving door. But yeah, no, he seems to be gaining some traction. Um, after kind of, the, I think he started the year in the AHL mostly just like a paper transaction. But yeah, uh, he's, he's been solid so far. I like Ken Johnson's upside. I think that as long as he's playing, um, you know, decent minutes. I think he could be solid in these deep leagues. Um, speaking of the Blue Jackets, I think one other guy we haven't really talked about um, that maybe we could mention is Jonas Corpusalo Is on his way back. He struggled a lot last year, but Elvis Merzlikens also hasn't been very good. So Tarasov's in deep nothing. leagues, nothing. Yeah, in deep leagues, Corpusalo could end up, you know, being okay again. I mean, we've seen him have huge year or like like that playoff run against the Maple Leafs. He was insane. Um, <laughs> And then, like, if he could just somehow return to that, that would be, you know, obviously beneficial for for the Blue Jackets, but could be somebody in deep leagues if you really need goaltending help to look at down the line. Um, Not 100% sure it'll turn into anything, but in deep,
0: deep leagues, sometimes your options are few and far between. Yeah, yeah, when you're looking for goalie help, too, um, you know, there's – like like you said, you sometimes can be really, really pulling – I mean, Eric, Sch- Eric Schalgren has ownership, so that just goes to
2: show there you go. <laughs> how deep some of these leagues are. But uh, one of my favorite pickups right now, under 10% owned, and he's somebody I've talked about previously um, in the preseason as somebody. He's kind of like a Trevor Moore where he's maybe not going to be somebody that lasts on your roster for for the whole season, but somebody that has plenty of streaming um, appeal and, and, and could you know benefit your team when the Anaheim Ducks have a nice schedule. And that's Frank Petrano, 7% nice. owned. He's been playing with Trevor Ziegris recently. In his last three games, he's averaged 19 minutes and 14 seconds per game. He has one goal, one assist, and 15 shots on goal. So for those of you counting at home, that is five shots on goal per game. So that's really, really uh, impressive stuff for Vetrano. And while you're playing with Ziegris, that's always kind of the, the spot that you want to be in that Ducks lineup. The Ducks do still have um, three games in the next four days to finish off this week. Uh tomorrow in Vancouver, obviously it's a busy day, but if you've got a spot in on you know on the wing available, Pedrano, that's a nice matchup there in um San Jose on Saturday. Again, if busy night, but if you can find a spot for him, he looks so- solid. And then Sunday against the Panthers, who just can't beat anybody right now. So Petrano's shooting the puck a ton. Absolutely love to see that. And uh so long as he's playing with Trevor's eager I, I still like the, the shot volume upside of Toronto. I'm just going to roll right into my second one here. Um, Cause yep. I think this is going to surprise some, but it's Marco Rossi. He's just 4% rostered. The time on ice is starting to climb after a slow start. He played just 1043 time on ice in his first six games, but it's seen 13 and a half minutes in his last three games. So starting to see some more minutes. And then also Ryan Hartman got hurt the other day. He's day to day at the moment. They haven't released any update on him. They haven't released <laughs> any timeline on him. If he's going to miss any time, um, or an extended period of time that is, you'd have to think that Rossi is going to be a candidate to potentially move up to that Caprice offline right now. It's Frederick Gaudreau. Um, that, that doesn't seem something that's set in stone. They like to have Joel Erickson Ek on a separate line. So Rossi picked up his first career NHL point yesterday. They, they talked to uh, some of his teammates yesterday and they said that they're, you know, everyone's really thrilled for him. And after he gets one, the floodgates might open. And if anybody's gonna, anybody knows when that might happen, it's probably his teammates. So, to me, um, it's still kind of a low upside pickup at the moment. But I think he's somebody that deep leagues I want on my roster because I want to get ahead of the curve. And if he ends up ever moving up to that top line, it, 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 he's going to be bonkers good. So, again, I don't know if you're going to – you might not have to rush to the waiver wire, but he's certainly, if you're in those deep leagues, somebody that I want to be early on as
0: opposed to late. Did you uh, Did you see him rock Slavkowski yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That, that was hilarious. That was started a whole Started a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, I saw a bunch of things that were like when your controller dies because I don't know what the hell happened to Slavkowski. Just... Well, especially just
2: because Rossi is yeah. not a very big kid, and Slavkoski is just an absolute man child. So yeah. the fact that he just got tossed by Rossi was like just completely unexpected.
0: That might be Rossi's first career hit. So congrats. That's a good question. While you Marco talk
2: about your good. second uh you, while you talk yeah. about your second pickup, I'm gonna take a look. Actually, I've already got it up, yeah. it's his third career hit.
0: Oh, okay. First one to knock a dude over. But um, yeah, I am going to, uh, my next one, this is this is arguably my favorite choice at the moment, depending on health of the team around him. At 7%, Evan Rodriguez out in Colorado. Um, Want to hear something crazy, Brock? The other night, obviously, Valerie Nishushkin, we know is injured for Colorado. Um, but the other night, while, while Nishushkin was hurt, Evan Rodriguez, as a forward, played 27 minutes. And ten seconds. Um, <laughs> that's insane. That's like a, that's a lot for uh, a defenseman. A lot of nights. That's uh, a lot
2: for like Victor Hedman or yeah, yeah, but <laughs> like the, the that... best defenseman in the league. <laughs> that, that's crazy for like prime Ryan Suter.
0: I I actually couldn't even believe it. Like I had to. I went to multiple sites just to confirm that it wasn't just a, a typo somewhere on any of them. Because I was like seventeen ten makes total sense. Um, even that's like great for him. But yeah, so twenty seven ten last game uh, that led to two shots and he's playing on the top line uh, in Colorado. He basically was Valerie Nishushkin um, basically doing what Valerie Nishushkin does. And, and we've talked about how um, Nishushkin may, might be a steal of many drafts this year, just with the way he's playing. But um, Evan Rodriguez has proved he can fill that hole. So one thing that I like here is um, across two games now, he's, he's played quite well up there. Um, he played 21-24 in his first game as well. So he's, uh, he's now averaging around 24 minutes on ice when Nishushin doesn't play. Um, If he can prove that, you know, he is a good stopper there, I think that you are picking up a guy who is automatically must own um, across pretty much any size league. Granted, um, we're going to have to see what happens in Finland here. But even if he does move back down the lineup, someone to keep an eye on. um, Rodriguez had a a pretty, pretty solid year last year, 43 points, 19 goals. Um, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, 243 shots on goals. And that, that that's really where he stands out for me. If you're grabbing someone who's uh, 93% available in leagues, you're usually not going to get a guy who can flirt anywhere close to 200 shots. Uh, you're getting someone like Kent Johnson, who's going to give you like 120 in a year. Where if I can get that um, anywhere close to that 200 shot production, he hasn't really got there yet this year. He, he only has 18 shots through nine games. Um, so he's on pace for 164, but if he can pick that up while obviously playing more minutes, um, he is someone who, who, who I do like. And, uh, and, and with unfortunately the downfall of Alex Newhook start to the year. Um, I think that Rodriguez being a, a basic, um, utility knife that you can put anywhere, or util, whatever it's called that you can put wherever in your lineup. Um, Swiss army really, knife. really bodes Yeah, there we go. Swiss army knife really bodes well for him. Um, if you're on a if if, if or a team long term has four goals through nine games, uh, that's not too not too shabby. Um, so yeah, I uh, I like Evan Rodriguez as my uh, my best player here, but obviously you got to keep an eye on the there. But yeah, and uh, another thing to mention, he was on that top power play as a villain. So um,
2: yeah. yeah. While the con- hurt, my only concern was the was back at practice in Finland, mm-hmm. so it doesn't it, it remains to be you seen just play. how long he'll be sidelined. But Robert, you guys like. Even before Nachushkin was hurt, I was watching an Avs game with you, and you're like, Evan Rodriguez is noticeable every single night. Uh, Puck just always seems to find him. And the shot volume um, is not quite as strong as it was a season ago, but we did see him fire 243 shots last year. So he's got that shot volume in him, and and especially if he's playing like 20 minutes a night um, or even 18 minutes a night like he was before Nachushkin was hurt, he can still be a valuable pickup. And, and, you know, these are – we're talking about the deep leagues. Like, he he's on one of the best teams in the league that really hasn't played that well yet. And once those goals um, start flooding in, like we expect them to in Colorado, you'd have to imagine that that Rodriguez will pick up a healthy amount of points. Uh, just to just to give you an idea here, the Avalanche currently are 17th in the NHL in goals per game, which is nowhere near where we expect them to be. They're currently mm-hmm. behind the Detroit Red Wings, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the New York Islanders. I mean, these are teams that aren't historically very good at scoring goals, and the Avalanche are. So, um, yeah, this is this is a team that I think is going to find their stride here sooner rather than later, and Nishukin should uh, play a big role in that. One team that is scoring a lot of goals right now is the New Jersey Devils. We talked about Nikita shirt already. Fabian Zetterlund is currently zero percent owned. The Devils yes. announced that Andre Pilat underwent groin surgery and is out indefinitely. Um, Zeverlin has been the guy that has been filling that role with Nico Heischer on the top line. He's done a really nice job so far. He has one goal, one assist in five games, but it's the 17 shots on goal and 24 shot attempts. That stands out for me over that span. Um, incredible shot for a player that's averaging just 14 minutes per game right now. Uh, but now that we know that Plot is out long term, Zeverlin's spot in the lineup seems a little bit more secure. We've already talked about how good Nico Heischer's been. So give me the volume shooter that's playing on his line. Uh, Zevlin was a third round pick in 2017. Uh, what did I say, 2020? In 2017. Yeah, we got it. And has, and has 52 points, uh, 24 goals, 28 assists, and 58 AHL games last year. So really good AHL numbers. Maybe he's the the upcoming, the new yes for Brat with just more goal scoring upside because this guy just absolutely loves to shoot the puck. Um, but at the same time, here, I, I think it's worth mentioning Tomas Tatar's name as well. He's also on that top line. His, his shot volume isn't, hasn't been quite as good, but it's also been solid. And I think, you know, I, I like Zetterland's upside a little bit more, but Tatar arguably has better lasting power on that top line. Um, you know, you could certainly see Brat moving up there for, for, for Zetterland and then Sharon Govich going back to the Hughes line. Like something like that could happen. Um, I mean, Tatar could get bumped out too. There's, you, you never know. But Zatar has one uh, one goal, three assists in his last five games. The shot volume has been really, really good for him as well. He's got uh, 14 shots in those five games. So he's been solid up there as well. I, I still like Zetterland's upside a little bit more. He's got a great shot. He loves to use it. And uh, in, in the deepest of leagues right now, in dynasty leagues and stuff, I think he makes a great add because, um, you know, we've seen some of these random, uh, you know, early to mid round picks really blossom and, and flourish in New Jersey. So maybe Zetterland is the next guy to, to do that because I mean, Jesper Brat was, was what a six round pick, if I'm not mistaken in 2016. So um, third round pick, he's got even better draft capital.
0: Yeah, he's almost double as good as Jesper Bratt. He's, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what, 14 points or something like that? Bonkers. 16 There's, points in 10 games. Whew, I love me some Jesper. I actually saw yesterday that the Bratt Pack, which is hilarious on Twitter, I believe it's like a fan club for Jesper Bratt. Yeah, just it's in the 3,000 80... fan club? Or... Yeah. Was it was it 85K that it was at or was it 8,000, eight Either way, good for Jesper Bratt. He's gaining steam. I think we would, we, uh, I was actually, had to, the reason I was looking at the account, I wasn't sure if you started it Brock. So that was uh, what I had to look at. Yeah. You had to check it out. eh? Yeah. I had to just make sure, but no, good to see other people are, are seeing that. But no, I, I think Zetterlin's a phenomenal pickup. Um, while he, while he's up there, um, just seeing what he's kind of done, he should definitely be flying up. And I think it's another, I, I, we'll call it a sneaky Brock pickup. Cause you always got one dude who's like, no one's ever heard of. Um and they uh, are just yeah. I mean, remember Jackson's Matt? Spot,
2: so. Remember Matt Boldy last year? Mm-hmm. Nobody, or no one was Shane talking about, Bear,
0: uh, Nine years ago, I recall, or whatever it was. Yeah, you called him out. You're like, this guy's a great name, but no, he's even more offensive. So there we are. Colton Perico is another one you did. Um, all cool dudes who uh, who have turned out. So listen to Brock. But um, while we're there, I have one who uh, I don't like necessarily as much as as Zetterland, but uh, is also playing first line, and it is Joel Faraby. Out in Philadelphia, um, a guy who was uh, flirting with with a lot of fantasy rosterage last, last year, um, and then this year kind of has, has taken a step backwards. Um, but at 5% owned, uh, Farabee's currently averaging 19.59 average time on ice a game, obviously showing that he is on John Tortorella's good side, which is one thing you always want to be on when he's your coach. Um, he's currently playing with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny on the top line in Philadelphia, um two goals three assists through nine games again if you're looking at someone who's 95 owned you're not necessarily expecting to get a, a point per game player um but if you can get someone like fairby who has upside um and has finished close to 20 goals last two seasons i'm um, just playing on that top line i i do really uh really like him for deep leagues 21 shots through nine games um that puts him on pace to close to 200 shots Uh, On the season, and as I kind of mentioned with Evan Rodriguez, you're not going to get that usually in these deep leagues with the pickups. So Joel Farabee, he is—he's my final of my three here. Um, He has had actually—it's kind of funny. Two—all his points have come out of two games, so it shows that um, he has that ability to kind of just get points in bunches. And if he can put it together for a little bit here, it should bode well for him. I just—we need him to, you know, he's only has two shots in his last three games, but he's still played. Nineteen minutes each game, so, um, so you know if he can uh, if he can get back to that early shot production that he had going on earlier in the year, uh, playing on that first line, and uh, and playing this much ice time, it should uh, it should translate to some a little bit better stats, and uh, I think his five percent owner 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 percentage will go up to somewhere close to twenty percent uh, if that does happen. So,
2: yeah, and, and um, like you said, there's not really a whole lot of competition for minutes out, out in Philadelphia no. right now. Um, the shot volume has gone up compared to last year and the year previous. So that's good to see uh, pretty good matchup tonight in the Toronto as well. So it makes a pretty good streaming option on this quiet, uh, Wednesday evening. They've got the the senators on Saturday, which is a pretty good matchup as well. Um, obviously gonna be a little bit more difficult to get them in your lineup on Saturday, but then next week they've also got four games. Unfortunately, they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, but they also have a Sunday game. Um, so yeah, it might be a little bit difficult to get in, into your lineups there, but in deeper leagues, uh, you know, some nice matchups next week, the blues, the blue jackets, the senators again, and then the Dallas stars on Sunday. So yeah, Farabee um, just a good hockey player on a bad hockey team. And uh, somebody mm-hmm. we always say he's going to have to score some goals, you know, no points in the last two games, but both really, really difficult opponents. You've got the Rangers who are very good and the, and the hurricanes who are very good as well. So, um, you know, we, we can maybe give Farabee a bit of a pass on those two, because, um in, in easier matchups like tonight in Toronto you know maybe he'll be able to get back on the score sheet so um anybody else you want to just give a quick shout out to or, or do you think we've got it pretty well covered
0: uh no I'll leave some for you indeed to hit on the weekend streamer tomorrow you know don't want to uh don't want to take all the fellas
2: yeah I think the other guy if you if you're looking at uh Philadelphia really quick is Owen Tippett in really deep leagues as well uh highly touted prospect has averaged uh like 19 minutes a night since returning 18 and a half minutes a night, excuse me, in three games since coming back from injury to start the season, a goal and assist and seven shots on goal in those three games. So he's looked pretty solid Um, early on here as well. I actually picked him up in one of my leagues just to stream him tonight. Uh, Fairby was actually already gone, surprisingly. So I picked Ooh. up, I think Scott Lawton and okay. uh, and Owen Tippett to stream tonight. So hopefully they get on the scoreboard against the Maple Leafs. I do expect the Leafs to just come out firing tonight. They like they just can't keep losing and they can't lose to the Flyers on a back to back. But it would be hilarious if Carter Hart just gets to start on the back to back
0: tonight and just does what he's been doing I all could season. I will see Tortorella doing it just to like
2: yeah, it would be hilarious. But um, we'll we'll have to see where things go the Leafs need a win desperately and uh the Flyers Carter Hart man he I tweeted a couple days ago like they're gonna have 25 wins and this man's gonna win the heart or win the uh, Vesna. <laughs>
0: maybe the Hart say, if she wins the heart with the name Carter Hart I I'll, I'll have his jersey on my back every episode of next year's podcast
2: especially when Connor McDavid's on pace for like 170 points <laughs> yeah oh yeah that too yeah Oh, but oh, all right.
0: Connor McTavid's 82 goal pace
2: yeah incredible I wish I would have money on him to win the rocket because he is coming for it anyways that's going to do it for okay. season 8 episode 15 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast as Beebs alluded to he will not be here Friday it'll be me and D. Beebs will be enjoying the Blue Stones live and in person but until then you guys can enjoy the Blue Stones now
0: we'll see you guys back here on Friday oh, tomorrow's going to be a juicy night
2: peace broken
1: down So I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud.